You've reached 1-800-TUNA-TALK, bitch. We're back for part two, hoes. If you guys liked the last episode, we're back this time with even more tea to spill. I mean, the kettle is still full. Yes. You guys just had a sip. Uh, yeah, we, we just gave you one glass, but we're here to give you some refills. Yes, absolutely. So, Johnny, do you want to um, introduce what we're talking about today? So, in the part one, you know, the dark side of dating in Korea, we were discussing quite a lot. We were touching more on the current topic, as it were, like a current scandal that's going on at this moment. But Mm -hmm. today, we wanted to dive deeper into more, how can I say, like, broad topics, Yeah, just there's I think there's a lot more to say on the whole topic, because like like you said, last time we were talking more about a specific situation. But this time, I think we want to touch on more generalizations and more information that people probably want to know. Yeah, the the previous topic we, you know, did the episode about it was a bit more niche, I would say, like it was touching on a very specific thing. And for this episode, I mean, we have bullet points. <laughs> we have prepared for this one. Yeah, this one's going to be less off the cuff, but I mean, we're still going to get off the cuff. Most likely. I feel like we're, we both have a tendency to ramble, but that's okay. People want to hear that, I think. I mean, I do. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> listening to people ramble. That's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> when I was listening to the episode that just came out, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I feel like there's so much that we didn't touch on. Like, we hinted at several things, and then I was waiting for us to get more in detail, and then we didn't. And I'm like, fuck! Like, why didn't we go more into detail about that? (laughs) I think because it would have been, like, a three-hour podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was already, like, just almost an hour. Like, 30 seconds shy of being an hour. So, we have to cut some topics to, you know, keep the size small for our little ladybugs. But... For this one, we're going to get into the stuff that we didn't get into before. One could say that this is even juicier. I definitely think so. Because this this one isn't so specific to one person or certain types of people. This one kind of can cover... It's about everybody. We're going to expose some people. Shall we get right into it? Yes, we shall. Okay, so the first topic that we're going to be talking about, some of y'all about to be real mad at me, but it must be said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're both going to get canceled. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm waiting on the Johnny is over party on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. The first point that we're going to talk about is how Korea inflates the egos of foreigners. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Oh yeah, we have to be we have to tiptoe on some of these things. We're 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 tiptoeing in the kitchen getting those midnight snacks, hoping not to wake the parents up. That's oh, how we're approaching for sure. this. Yeah, yeah. I guess um something that you might not know if you aren't a foreigner living in Korea. I feel like I've noticed, Johnny, you can probably agree that a lot of the foreigners you meet here, once they've lived in Korea for a while, they kind of change. Like Oh, yeah. It some people, I think it just it gets a little bit to their heads. I think it could be attributed to something like main character syndrome. Yeah. I feel like that's a big part of it. Definitely. Especially, you know, I think a large part of main character syndrome, like, you know, as we see it on TikTok, 
is people who feel different you know like the different girl the different guy yeah you know they're like i don't want a pumpkin spice latte just give me the black coffee i'm so different pick me choose me love me yeah, that kind of person. And I think especially that can be applied to foreigners in South Korea because they're like, I'm this different person in a country that is foreign to me. Oh, and, my God. you know, like, I think it really gets to their head for several reasons. And I've experienced this from friends of mine. I mean, people who are no longer my friends. But um, I think if you let Korea get to your head, it will, like turn you into a genuinely unbearable person. And this has happened to some of my close friendships where like, I literally had to end it because I could not stand being around them anymore. Yeah. The biggest way in which we see this change is the inflation of their egos. As I said, when, when we were talking in the last podcast, we, we briefly touched on it. We were saying how you don't have to be that good looking to sleep with hot guys here, if you remember. Yeah. And I think a lot of foreigners coming here, they don't realize that because, you know, maybe they were average in their own countries or below average and they come to Korea and suddenly they can hook up with guys that are very attractive or seemingly attractive because they just are predisposed to liking Korean guys. Mm-hmm. Generally attractive guys, they are suddenly giving them attention and sleeping with them (laughs) and, you know, letting them call them Opa, you know, this kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think like, this reminds me, I don't know if you saw this, this was a TikTok maybe two years ago. It was not too long after I first moved to Korea. There was this girl, she was a foreigner in Korea and she made some TikTok. It was to a trend or whatever, to like a song. And it was something along the lines of when other foreigner girls don't want to be your friends because they see you as competition because you're the conventional blonde hair, blue eyed white girl or something along those lines. And it went like viral, like within the expat Korea community. So obviously a lot of people were like, you know, like duetting her and like trying to put her in her place. And I just thought that is like the perfect example because I have met people in real life who are just like that, who... They, it almost becomes like this competition amongst foreigners where they, it's like they're all fighting to be the main character. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So it's like, well, I'm better than you because I'm, I fit this beauty standard or I am this or that, or this is my job and I've hooked up with this guy and you haven't. And it's just like, before I moved here, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to meet all these foreigners. And I was like, cool, I can have like a community of people because I thought moving to Korea, I'd feel really isolated. And then I realized how big the foreigner community was. And then when I started to get to know a lot of them, not everyone, of course, I do have friends, but you just start realizing like a lot of times there is a certain type of person who does move here. Yeah. And it's like they get here, they find the closest pack of bleach and tone that they can find. And (laughs) suddenly they think that they're Angelina Jolie on the streets. (laughs) I am 100% a bleach and tone girl, but I'm not a pick me. (laughs) Not to drag Jessica. But um, I'm a bottle blonde and I'm proud. (laughs) I don't know. There's something to be said for the way that girls change themselves when they come here. And like, sure, like I understand wanting to fit a certain beauty standard, but um, you watch their confidence and egos change really quick because of the attention that they're getting. For a personal anecdote, I would say I had a friend 
and she would constantly put down other women here and like keep in mind this is a friend who back in america she was a band girl she wasn't necessarily conventionally attractive she was in band she you know had glasses like you know for lack of a better word she looked like a nerd you know and like she seemed like a very sweet girl like when i when i hear stories about her back in america She seemed very sweet, and it's very unfortunate because the person that I know her to be now is not a sweet person. Like, Mm -hmm. very conniving, very full of herself, constantly shitting on other women. It just, like, makes me upset because I'm like, what made you like this? And then it all boils down to moving here. I don't know what it is about moving to Korea for some of these women. And, I mean, men, too, you know definitely men as well but I think the difference is I don't think men compete as much for women as women do for men like in terms of the foreigner community here Mm -hmm. I I agree I I think with with between women like women are always pitted against each other and I think there is something to say because when people I think go from being at home where maybe they lack confidence for whatever reasons and then they move somewhere And they gain a lot of confidence really fast. I feel like it's like sometimes it'll go to their heads. I've known people back home who they grew up, you know, like, like, you know, not the most attractive person, like chubby, whatever. And then they lose weight. And I know this with like guys too. They lose weight, they glow up. And it happens in such a fast period of time that they all of a sudden develop like the worst ego. I think I've heard someone describe this before. It's called like the kill the cheerleader complex or something where you go from being quote unquote, like uglier no better way to describe it to then like quote unquote hot and then all of a sudden it's like I'm going to get revenge on all these people who I couldn't get before or who are mean to me before and it's kind of like they have this evil toxic mentality that comes out of that so I don't know I feel like a great way to describe it I mean let's reference a very classic piece of media that is still referenced to this day Mm -hmm. we talk about it every october you know still holds true even in modern times despite Mm -hmm. being released in the 2010s i believe Mm -hmm. mean girls yes yeah it's the katie heron like (laughs) it's the katie heron to regina george pipeline 100 percent. that's the perfect example of it it's literally when um what was it the what was that friend's name? J- Janet? Janet, yeah. It's literally when Janet says... You're plastic. Like, you're, you're not girl. pretending to be plastic anymore. You're full fucking plastic. Yeah. Like Cold, shiny, hard plastic. It's, speak on it. Yes. No, I I really... I told, That's like the perfect example. And it's also kind of like where you see people at home. Like, they win the lottery. And when you go from being poor to really rich, a lot of people can't control their money and they spend it all or they go into depression. It's like when you get too much of something really fast, it's not healthy for you. And I think here it's like the, the ego kind of just out of nowhere. But I have seen a lot of the opposite too, where people will come here and if they don't fit, if they're not like the right type of foreigner, for lack of a better term again, their confidence will deplete super rapidly. And it's really sad because then they'll end up sizing themselves up against other people or the Korean beauty standard, holding themselves to these unrealistic standards and stuff. So it's like, you see 
one extreme or the other, but, or sometimes mm. these people, I think they're, they'll move here, their confidence will skyrocket because they're thinking, oh, well, all these Korean guys are interested in me because I am the perfect white girl, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. And then yeah. after a few months, they realize these guys don't actually like you. They just want to hook up with you. And then their confidence will go from being sky high to like down in hell. Because then it finally hits them that that they weren't actually getting what they wanted. But it's a mix. But definitely one thing's for sure. People change when they move here. Mm. And I think it's interesting to like kind of isolate this issue to specifically foreigner women. Like I was just thinking to myself, like, why is that? Like, why don't we really see foreigner men pining for attention and egos changing the way that foreigner women's do? And I don't know. I think what I'm boiling it down to is I think it's straight Korean men that are more open about their interests than foreigners mm. and more available to foreigner women. And yeah. a lot of foreigner women who come here to meet Koreans, they're typically within the same dating pool, you know, like... Well, we'll talk about Hongdae boys later. Yeah. But um, a lot of them are sleeping with the same guys or trying to get attention from the same guys. And so yes. I think that's where the competition comes from. Like, I don't think straight Korean women are very expressive about their interest in foreigners. Yeah. And, like, the dating pool for that is much more complicated, I think. I see. And also, I think it comes down to, like, men in any country are usually the ones to pursue the women. Yeah. So the Korean guys, I think, are the ones who are, like, the one type of Korean guy who wants to hook up with foreigners. So he's going to go after all the foreigners at once. But the Korean girls, like, usually the foreigner guys, they'll pick the girl that they want. So it's not necessarily as common that they overlap. Right. But, yeah, I, that's why, like, when I first moved here and I had a ton of foreigner friends, I mean, a lot of them that I don't keep in contact with anymore it's not necessarily for like bad reasons it's just people move home and everything but it was definitely that was one of the first things I noticed that everyone moves here everyone's having fun when you first move to Korea it kind of feels like you go back to college everyone's drinking everyone's going out you're meeting so many different people and then you start talking and dating guys and then you find out your friend had started dating that guy like a couple months ago or he mm. hooked up with someone else you know and then it turns out you find out all the foreigner girls left with the same guy. And I don't know. And I think that's what really took me out of the dating here. Besides just I've had so many bad experiences just like with toxic guys. But after that, I feel like I had ex also experienced some really bad friendship fallouts. And it's almost sad in the opposite way. I think I've become so guarded and so secluded that now I just do so many things by myself. <laughs> I have, like, a few friends, and I, like, don't really... I'm not as open to meeting new people constantly unless I have really vetted them. Right. I mean, it's a tough world out there. Yeah. And I think it's especially unfortunate because the media portrayal of dating in Korea is very mm -hmm. different than it actually is, which is point number two. Yeah, it's a good segue. <laughs> I'm always on fire with the segues. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> After it just rambled in like a 12-minute monologue. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely the media. I think obviously when people move here, they probably at least have somewhat of an interest in K-pop and K-dramas. And I think specifically with K-dramas, those are going to give you the most unrealistic expectations. It's kind of the same thing as if you've never lived in America and you watched The Notebook. And you think, I'm going to move to America because I watched The Notebook and I want a love story like that. And then you move to America and you realize it's not real. And this is something we see so specifically with Korea. It's like, I don't think Koreans watch Avengers and then go to America thinking that Spider-Man is, you know, <laughs> jumping around the building. Exactly. I don't know. 
<laughs> like, and it's crazy because on TikTok you'll see like these international couples. Oh know, my with, god! Like, with the Korean guy and the white girl, you know, whatever uh, have you. Asian male, white female hashtag. AMWF. Fucking <laughs> um, I know, but like you'll see the comments and they're like, "Oh my god, girl is living my dream," and I'm like, "What dream Ew. is that?" Literally. Oh my god, that's like the TikTok I just made. It's, what dream? It's they're all fake. I mean, not all of them. There are some that are genuine, but anyone who puts their relationship out there that much and is shoving it in your face there's something so disingenuous about it there's something very performative yeah if you're in a genuinely happy good relationship you don't feel the need to push it out there constantly it's weird yeah it's it's very like insecure it's like what point are you trying to prove yeah it's it's 100 insecurity and i know this because when I have had ex-boyfriends not in korea but back in america like i remember i was in a relationship with like just a American white dude but I was like at this point I was a little younger so I was like constantly Instagram picture posting pictures like of our conversations like he did this for me like pictures of us together but I was posting so much about him because our relationship wasn't happy and I was worried he was gonna cheat on me or blah 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 so I was like putting it out there so that people were gonna see that and think that we were so happy Meanwhile, creating this digital footprint to kind of like yes. almost keep them in. Uh-huh, exactly. You're trying and you're trying to prove something to other people like, "No, everything's perfect. You can't like you can't you don't think anything's wrong. Like nothing's wrong. Don't worry. Everything's perfect. I'm going to show you." But the best relationships I've been in were very hush-hush. Ooh. Or not not like a complete secret, you know, but like I'd post a picture every on like a real occasion, not just like every day. So it, when I see people who are doing that, maybe I'm just projecting people will tell me i'm projecting but i feel like because i've been that person before i know that and you see that a lot in korea yeah the international couples Mm -hmm. and it begs the question like who is this for yeah you know like it feels like did you just date a korean guy so you can put the hashtag korean guy korean boyfriend you know like like what is what is this really about and there's something so sinister about it because i'm like on the off chance that i ever date a korean guy which has never happened by the way i would not be doing that i wouldn't even be posting photos together like very rarely because i like to keep my relationship private. private And I don't know if that's just, like, a conservative perspective on it, but, like, I just like my interpersonal relationships to be private. Me and too. I say that as I talk shit. The other- <laughs> <laughs> as we're, like, airing everything out of, like, an hour-long podcast. Airing all my friends' dirty laundry out in past episodes. Um, oops. It's okay, but, we're different. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And... You know, we can kind of lead into the to the other point about, like, how different relationships are, you know, just fooling around with a Korean guy versus, like, actually being married to one. Yeah. First of all, in a very traditional Korean relationship, in the beginning, there's, like, no sex, there's no touching, you guys go on a few dates, then usually sex is reserved for something like a big trip or mm-hmm. a very special occasion. Usually I would say like the first two to three dates are getting coffee or, you know, getting a meal. And then maybe you guys plan a vacation or go somewhere, get a hotel. And then that's when it eventually happens. Like, Mm -hmm. so first of all, if a Korean guy is sleeping with you on the first date. He doesn't care about you. Already a red flag. (laughs) He does not care about you. Yeah, he doesn't respect you and he doesn't care about you. And people will come at me for this opinion. But I am telling y'all, like... Guys who respect you, especially in Korea, but I would almost say this in other places too, in other places too, but in Korea, if a guy respects you, 
He won't even touch you on the first date. Oh, yeah. Like, no kissing, no no sex, no... Even, like, hand-holding or hugging. Like, they yeah. move very slow. And if a guy is so comfortable to be super physical with you right away, it's because he's not respecting you. Because I guarantee you, if he went on a date with a Korean girl... He would be respectful towards her. He wouldn't be touching her until she gave him, like, the green light. Well, that's a whole other topic that we're going to get into, but... Yeah. Basically, you know, like, when you're married to a Korean guy, like, I think a lot of foreigners come here and they're like, I want to marry a Korean guy, but, like, they don't really know what that means. No. They just see what's in the K-drama. They're picturing, you know, the cherry blossom petals falling. They're picturing Mm -hmm. the ballad playing in the background. They're, (laughs) you know picturing like opar bringing them a bouquet of flowers and it's like that's just not how it is no that is not how it is that is like 0.0002 percent of the population maybe yeah which like of course like a a relationship can be romantic but like you know long term relationships are up and down and i think it's really disingenuous to assume that because you saw it in a a k-drama that that's how it's going to be Mm -hmm. for the whole relationship like I have a friend who came here with these kind of predispositions about dating in Korea, etc. And she's now in a long-term relationship with a Korean guy and they're talking about marriage. And they live together in... I'm not going to say where. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go again. I'm still friends with her. Yeah. But her and I were actually talking the other day and she's like, honestly, if I had known, like, how much work this was going to be, like, I don't know if I would have gone through with it like she loves him but like she said that she does not think a lot of foreigner women are cut out to be married to a korean guy Mm -hmm. and it's like you know for example you know the lady that we might have or might have not been referencing in the last podcast (laughs) you know you aim for a visa with a korean guy and then it's kind of like that's the dead end in the mind for a lot of foreigners like okay i marry them and then i get to live in korea forever but it's like they don't think about what's beyond that Mm -hmm. no settling your life in another country because a lot of these people don't know enough about korea to be honest they're not thinking that far ahead yeah they're just like clearly only focused on getting a visa first and then whatever happens after that is at the back of the list Mm-hmm. But my friend, she was saying, actually being in a long-term relationship with a Korean guy and attending family events and living together, like, it's a lot of work as a woman because, you know, as we were saying before, Korea is a conservative country and a woman has to take on a lot of roles typically when they are married or in a long-term relationship with a Korean guy. Like she was saying, she had to cook for hours for this past Chuseok. Oh, yeah. And so much cleaning, so much housework. And she Mm -hmm. was trying to explain to him, like, hey, I understand, like, this is, you know, what I signed up for. But if there's any way that we can split the housework, like, you know, that's how we do it in America. And, like, it wasn't really recepted well. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like he was like, fuck you. Like, no. Yeah, but, like, he, but still, he, agreed, like, he agreed to try more, but she said that he hasn't really, like, been trying. But at the end of the day, that's just how it is. Yeah, that's what he was probably raised around. It's, that's, it's the only culture that he's ever known. Yeah, and it's, it just seems like a lot of work, and I think a lot of foreigners aren't ready for that. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You want to talk about family. You want to talk about 
holidays. You want to talk about expectations. It's yeah, just and, crazy. And also when it comes back to the parents and stuff, I think a lot of people aren't aware how important getting the parents' approval for marriage is. One of my coworkers, I think she just, she just retired a couple years ago. So she's in her 60s, but she has a son who is, I think, like maybe 26, 27 now. And he's married to a French girl. So he's married to a foreigner. So she's open-minded. There are open-minded parents here. However, a lot of the older generation does want their son or daughter to end up with another Korean. Yeah. So, and you have to get the parents' approval before you can get engaged and married. So a lot of parents will shoot down that proposal. They, they will not allow it or not okay it. So if you can't get the parents' blessing, it's going to cr- create a lot of issues. I have seen or I've heard of couples who they've been together for X amount of years and finally they decide to get engaged. They introduce the girl or whoever to his parents and the parents are like, no, we don't want you with a foreigner and they have to break up. Or I've even heard of stories where the parents know that their son or daughter is in a relationship with a foreigner, yet they're still trying to set them up with a Korean at the same time, completely disregarding the fact that they're in a relationship. So, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you don't, and you don't actually meet the parents until you're getting engaged. Like relationships, it's not like in America where like I'd have a boyfriend and introduce him to my family in like the first like month or whatever, because just like super casual like that. But in Korea, you don't do that until you're really serious about each other, like about to get engaged. So you could put all this time into a relationship expecting you to get married. Everything's going to work out. You have your whole life planned. Then the parents don't approve and you have to break up. People Mm -hmm. don't think about that. It's really tricky. I mean, it's something that I'm never going to have to worry about, but I'm not. Me neither. (laughs) You know, heart goes out to you girls out there. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's. I think people need to realize, like, if you want to marry a Korean guy, you got to be fluent in Korean. The parents are probably not going to like you as much if you can't communicate with them. So, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I've seen some people who come here and their, like, mission is, I want to marry a Korean guy, blah, blah, blah. But they're not trying to learn Korean. They're, I'm, like, to help, I'm like, you're not even going to try to learn the language. Like, even if he speaks English, the rest of his family probably doesn't. At least not fluent enough where you can build a close relationship with them. You know, to go lead into another point... You also have to ask yourself, like, why are some Korean guys wanting to date foreigners? Yeah. And I think that's an interesting conversation. I mean, it may not always be for long term. I've had a lot of straight Korean friends in my day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I've heard reasons as to why. And it always comes down to foreigner girls are more open minded and they're less work to date than Korean girls. 100%. And they always think foreigner girls are easy, but not easy necessarily in the sense like they will sleep with you quickly, which could be that is what they think. But also they think I don't have to buy her dinner. I don't have to spend money on her. I don't have to put an effort like foreigner girls. They, mm. they don't need that. They're easy to date. I don't have to put an effort to her. Like, no, if you're going to date me, you treat me exactly the way you would treat a Korean girl. I don't deserve less respect and less effort because I'm a foreigner. Like, fuck that. Yeah, like, I see the way that Korean guys will take care of their Korean girlfriends, and it's crazy to me. Like, albeit, relationships are never perfect, and they're not always what they appear to be, but I will say the compensation that Korean men give Korean women versus what they give foreigner women is, like, drastically different. Yeah. Like, you know, I just, I feel like foreigner women always get this the other woman kind of role. Yeah, like the mistress. Whether they know it or not, a lot of times you end up being a mistress. 
even if they aren't the main woman, it's like, you know, you see Korean girls, their boyfriends are giving them MacBooks or Apple Watches or taking them on very extravagant dates or, you know, going on vacation and all this. And it's like, I'm not saying I need to be given a MacBook for you to date me. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I'll see the way that foreigner women are living when they're dating a Korean guy. And it's just like, it doesn't seem like he's doing much at all. Like, or really putting in that much effort. And it's like, albeit, like, yeah, it must be nice to date with someone who they don't expect as much of you. And you can kind of be more chill about it. But at the same time, when you're culturally brought up one way, and then you want to go against that, and in turn, kind of using foreigners to achieve some sort of level of laziness or, like, lack of effort. Yeah, exactly. And that just seems dirty to me, like, a little bit. And, of course, this doesn't apply to everyone. Mm -hmm. But um, certainly a lot. Yeah, I've, I've seen foreigner girls have to beg their Korean boyfriends for the bare minimum like please don't cheat on me this weekend like what Uh, (laughs) like why are you with him that's insane going back to something that we brought up in the previous episode about cheating the girl that i actually mentioned earlier in this episode the the nerdy one there was a guy that she was messaging on tinder and he would always come over like late at night and they would you know, he would sleep at her house and, you know, you can figure out what happened. And I even met him at one point and I like brought up to my friend. I'm like, don't you think it's weird that like he only comes at late night? Like, why don't you guys go on a date? Why don't you go do something? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, like, that's just how he is. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm, like I'm like, oh, my God, shut up. <laughs> like, no, that's that's not just how he is. If he is like that, then he's a child. Go find a real man. The gag is. His daytime was being spent with his girlfriend, who was oh, Korean. Yeah. Ah. So the only time he was free was at night. Yeah. So it's not to say that all these relationships are perfect. But I mean, I think it's also another thing. It's like, how many Korean men are actually dating Korean women and then will use foreigners on the side to get more sex? It's like, you have a girlfriend. Exactly. Like, it's not like you're not getting sex. They just need... They just, they feel like they could, they feel like they could, if they, they just, in their head, I think they think if I can get more, why not? Yeah. I mean, and I think it's also another thing of like, maybe they do like foreigners, like they're attracted to foreigners, but they know that their parents want to approve of one. Yeah. So they'll date a Korean girl is like a beard, if you will, and then mess around with foreigner girls on the side. Exactly. Or they have the Korean girls like, okay, this is who I'm going to marry, but I'm going to still be with who I want. But at the end of the day, I have the person on the back burner for who I want to marry, which is so shitty towards the Korean girls, too. Like, I don't know. It just makes you feel like you can't trust anyone. Mm, Yeah. It's a lot. Trust issues. Yeah, it really is. That's why Virgin Era. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, oh, another topic I wanted to bring up. Something I talk to my Korean friends a lot after they visit a different country like America or Europe a Korean friend of mine recently he's in America he's been there for about like six months now Uh and I asked him he was one of the fuck boys back here he's the one that I was telling you about the one that worked in Hongdae the one that Ah. my my other friend met with oh okay I see I see oh he's probably having fun over in America (laughs) so he's yeah so he's in America now 
And I was asking him, like, hey, what do you think of American girls in America versus actually in Korea? And he was like, dude, the American girls in Korea are so fucking weird. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not sad to say yes, but I think that's also something to say because I think if a Korean guy hasn't interacted with a lot of foreigners before, he's never lived abroad. Here, it's like, if he just sees a foreigner girl, he's like, okay, yes, like, doesn't have any context as to how, what kind of person she actually would be back home. I think a lot of times it's like, you'll move to America with someone and then see all the other options and realize like, oh, this is like the person I picked. Because when you see one person amongst all other Koreans, like the minority there, you're probably going to see them as higher value. Well, I was also asking him in context of like, because like I said, he worked in Hongdae. He was obviously interacting with a lot of foreigners or expats on a daily basis. Yeah. And I'm like, how does it feel to interact with like normal American people versus the American girls that you would meet back in Hongdae or something? And he's like, dude, the girls in Korea are so fucking weird. Like, (laughs) he's like, Americans in America are just so normal. I think it goes back to how Korea changes you. Oh, yeah. Or, like, Korea boos generally, like, just act fucking weird. And I think he was, you know, kind of speaking to that. Like, people in America are just normal. Like, like they just act like normal human beings. Where Like, it kind of shed a light for him how weird some of the girls here act. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think that could be it. Again, it's like, also, the girls here, a lot of them could be throwing themselves at him it could come off a certain way like thirsty or whatever and then you go to america and it's like oh i can actually have a real conversation with someone yeah because they're not necessarily just interested in me because i'm korean yeah and like they're also not tainted by that ego boost yeah exactly yeah they're just normal back home you know because there is something to be said like like i've changed definitely since i moved to korea i don't think me too me too it's in a bad way i think living abroad changes you yeah i'm different yeah. <laughs> but we're the main characters. We are. You're the sidekick. Don't get brave. <laughs> They're all the extras. <laughs> That's something I'm so interested to hear from Korean guys about is when they go abroad and actually just interact with normal local people who like aren't in their country to meet a Korean opa and, you know, get a boyfriend. I'm like, to just interact with normal people from that country, it really makes you realize how weird the people are back in Korea. yeah that's i would love to just be able to experience that because i can't ever really know firsthand what that would be like i mean i guess we kind of know like we we have experience living yeah we always knew it was weird yeah but from the perspective of someone who just thought like oh this is how they act and then they go to the country and they realize the local people don't actually act like that and it's like well what the fuck is going on with those girls yeah exactly (laughs) exactly that kind of thing yeah, I'm like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, this was like a couple of months ago. I saw a TikTok of some girl and she was a foreigner here. And she was like, things you should look out for when you visit Korea is if you're white and like blonde hair, light eyes, everyone will just see, they will just be staring at you. They will think you're like a celebrity. They will come up to you and they want, they'll want to date you and just like, or I don't know, Shut kind of like that kind of shit. And obviously the people do wedding it were like, what are you talking about? Because, like, first of all, if you're a foreigner, you're just going to get stared at in general. It doesn't mean people are fawning over you. It means they're like, wow, there's a foreigner here. Okay, interesting. Your ego is interpreting it as, like, everyone's in love with me. And it's just like... Yeah, like, get off your high horse, bitch. (laughs) Like, you are not the main character. Yeah, you're no better than me or any other foreigner here. We are all on the same playing field. 
So for you to think that you're better than anyone else because of what country you come from or your race or whatever, like, no, we are all the same. I know some people have different experiences, whatever, but like to think that you're better than someone else, like, fuck that. People like that are the reason I am hesitant to get to know new people all the time. Yeah, like that's such an odd take. It's like, warning, if you're hot and blonde <laughs> and exotic, everyone's gonna wanna fuck you. Yeah, like, that's what it's giving. It's like, it's like okay, good for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, so weird. And it's like, it's that mentality. It's like that ego boost. Like, especially when you take that to Hongdae. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Hongdae. So let's get into Hongdae boys or just Hongdae in general. Let's give, let's give like a little explanation in case somebody's listening, if they don't know what Hongdae is. So if you don't know what Hongdae is, I mean, how does one really unpack Hongdae? Hongdae is where it's the trenches of Seoul. It's the trenches. So actually when I first came to Korea, Hongdae was my favorite place. And ironically, I had no idea about the clubs there. Like I didn't start going to clubs until after I moved back to Korea. Mm Mm-hmm. The first time I was in Korea, I didn't go to any clubs because I just didn't care. Yeah. I still don't care, but it was just more of like a peer pressure that I went anyway. But beyond the point, mm-hmm. I liked Hongdae for the fashion. I really liked the clothes. I loved going to the Cacao Friends store. Yeah. There's- <laughs> that was my hot spot. Yeah. There's a lot to do in Hongdae. Hongdae is great. It's if you want to see like the people busking, if you want to, if you want to go to like the lively area in Seoul, Hongdae is definitely one of the most lively areas. And during the daytime, it's fun. You shopping, restaurants, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never really there during the nighttime. I was just there during the day. So I never realized the darkness that was lurking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, like, I was living in Daejeon as well. So, like, I didn't have too much context. Yeah. But um, upon interacting with more foreigners and, you know, going on more trips to Seoul, whatever, etc., etc., I started to realize Hongdae is, like, a breeding ground. So, first of all... To, like, really define what Hongdae is, Hongdae is a city in Seoul. It's, um, it's pretty close to Seoul Station. I think it's, like, only a few stops away. Mm-hmm. Um, not hard to get to. And it's mostly known for its shopping. It's mostly known for its hip-hop style. Like, there's a lot of street fashion going on there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about it. I like to shop there and buy pants, buy some cool garments. And, you know, they have a lot of customized things there. So I thought it was cool. Yeah. But on the other side of Hongdae, there is this kind of college town feeling to it where it's a bunch of clubs. It's a bunch of nightlife. When the sun goes down, it's a when different When the sun goes down at the witching hour. Yes. <laughs> 3.33 a.m. I do not want to be in Hongdae. Yeah. And... Hongdae has kind of become, especially since COVID ended, a breeding ground for foreigners who want to date Koreans and Koreans who want to date foreigners. And I'm using the word date very loosely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very loosely. Yes. Take that however you will. Yeah. I'm sure they do. Oh. <laughs> but um, I, don't, like, I don't know. There's just something in the air when I go to Hongdae and it's like, If you want to be hit on, go to Hongdae, because it will definitely happen. Even if you are not a model, if you're just like an average person, like you will get hit on in Hongdae. Like it's really not that hard. Mm -hmm. And just like the energy is so off there. Like, so as a gay man, right? The last time I went there, I saw a gay Korean guy making out with a foreigner outside. And then I lit up my cigarette because I used to smoke cigarettes. Mm -hmm. I lit up. Like, I was going to light up my cigarette, 
And then the gay Korean who was just making out with the foreigner comes up to me and offers to light it for me and like kind of making a move on me. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, no, like I'll light my own. Thank you. <laughs> like I, like I just I saw that. what you were doing. I'm not yeah, about to be. So, like, <laughs> like, I'm not about fuck? to be the salmon of your night because, to be honest, the <laughs> foreigner guy he was making out with that was giving canned tuna. No shade to tuna talk. <laughs> it was giving canned tuna, mm-hmm. and in comparison, I was giving salmon. Yeah, 100. percent There's no way he could. He can't think that he can like upgrade. Like, no. I'm like, I saw you eating that canned tuna on the corner. You think you're gonna come over and get some sashimi for free? <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> for free <laughs> yeah if he wanted you he should have found you before and honestly i feel like that experience is really the epitome of hongdae 100 mm-hmm. percent. i think i remember even when i first moved to korea and it was still like peak covid times where clubs would close at like 10 p.m and um like there was a like you'd have to wear a mask everywhere hongdae did not abide by a lot of those rules because like those clubs, like, you walk in there, no one's wearing a mask. They're way over capacity for COVID regulations. I mean, maybe some of them abided by it, but the, some of the places I went to did not. Like, you go there and it was like COVID wasn't going on. And I had heard that a lot of them... Pay the police. They would And they would close at, like, quote-unquote, close at 10 p.m., but they would still, like, they would just not let any more people in, but everyone in there would be in there all night. So... Mm. You wonder why a lot of the COVID numbers were going up? It's because, like, Hongdae didn't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. I remember Mm -hmm. me sitting peacefully in Daejeon. We were getting, like, 50 to 100 cases a day. Like, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Seoul was getting, like, thousands. Yeah. Which, like, I understand Seoul has a much denser and higher population. Like, of course, Seoul's going to get a lot more. But, like, there was a point where Seoul was getting, wasn't it, like, in the hundred thousands? Yeah, I don't remember the exact number, but that was definitely, like... It was going crazy. <laughs> like, it was, like, hundreds of thousands, and Daejeon was only getting, like, I think at that point, like, it was a peak point, I remember. Mm-hmm. So it was getting hundreds of thousands, and I think Daejeon was getting, like, 1,000, 2,000, at the yeah. highest. Do you remember when it reached 1 million? Yeah, I do remember that. When I first but, moved here, it was, like, there were, like, 10 cases or something small, like, it was, and they right? were freaking out, and then it got to the point where, like, everyone had, and everyone had it at, like, the same time, it felt like. <laughs> I never got it. You never got it? I never got it. Oh, you may have had it and just didn't know. Uh, that's probably likely. <laughs> yeah, because when I had it, I remember, like, I'm a teacher, for anyone who doesn't know. And I remember there was, like, this first wave of it where everyone in my school caught it, and all the teachers caught it, and I didn't catch it. So I was like, am I an Avenger? Like, I just don't catch COVID. Like, I am immune to it. They should study my DNA in a lab. And then there was a second wave of COVID and I caught it and I literally thought I was going to die. So, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I... It's not fun. There was a few... I The thing is, I just get sick so easily. So, Mm. throughout the past years, I've probably gotten a cold like 30 times. (laughs) Like, it's... I'm just that kind of person. Like, when I get sick at all... I'm literally calling up everyone I know, like, <laughs> appreciate these moments you have because it can all end at a moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I'm acting like I'm on my deathbed. <laughs> it's been yeah. so fun being your I'm friend. like, if you don't hear from me again, just know I love you. <laughs> like, yeah, you probably, I, we would have known if you had a COVID, I think. And meanwhile, like, it's literally just a few sniffles and, like, a headache. <laughs> And I'm on, like, two ibuprofen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I might have gotten it, and I just didn't know. But it's just my tendency to get sick a lot. So I just 
don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever. Not to say I didn't care about getting COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> That's I know not the point. Um, it's just, like, I would always look out for symptoms, and there were points where I was getting tested, like, every week. Like, sometimes twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it always came back negative. So I was like, all right. Wow. You are the Avenger. I guess so. I'm like, <laughs> God, I, I have, you know, the weakest immune system against colds, but, you know, no COVID coping. apparently has no chance on me. Nope. <laughs> not sliding in my DMs, not today. <laughs> Hell nah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so I think I the one thing I do notice, like in Hongdae too, it, if you walk around there and you're not at nighttime and you're not drunk, you really see how gross it is. When I first moved here, I was like clubbing a lot. Like I was, I was going through a phase. I was clubbing in my city and in Seoul every weekend. Didn't matter. I just wanted to go out and drink. And when you're there and you're drunk, it's like, you think it's fun, blah, blah, blah. But if you go there and you're sober at night, you see it and it just feels so dirty and disgusting. People are like sleeping on the streets, falling all over each other, throwing up on the corner. I I mean, I've seen this in Itaewon too, of course, but it's just, I don't know. You just look at it when you're sober and I see like Korean guys being nasty, like trying to talk to foreigners and they try to talk to me and it's just like, ew, (laughs) y'all are, this is the trenches. This is not... Not to be like, oh, I'm, I don't go out in Hongdae, I'm better than everyone. But like, I mean, maybe if you're like young and you have an experience like drinking. I used to drink, like I went through my clubbing phase in America when I was younger. So I feel like because I've already gone through it now, I see it for what it really is. But like, yeah. Ugh. Also, I do not recommend Hongdae even if you're young. That's yeah. a very easy way to get traumatized. 100%. <laughs> and Traumatized for you sure. Know, Going back to one of my friends who I've already talked about in this episode, um, she has very traumatic experiences that resonate in Hongdae. I'm not going to talk exactly about what they are, Mm -hmm. but, um, like, you know, I'm not going to get into much detail, just, like, out of respect for her, because I know it's something that she still, like, actively deals with the trauma with. Basically, there are guys in Hongdae who frequent their... And they prey, essentially, on newcomers to Korea. And they work in groups or pairs. Like, they will basically toss around these foreigner girls and, like, share the stories with each other. Like, for example, my friend, she was seeing one guy and he was acting like he was dating her. They would go on dates and they they were sleeping together, whatever. And then... One day, he just, like, ghosted her. Like, he just stopped talking to her entirely. Trash. Trash. And then, she started seeing a new guy. Mm-hmm. And basically the same thing, over and over. And then, it came out that the guy she was now seeing was best friends with the guy she was seeing before. Oh, my God. And, like, they were basically reporting back to each other. Yeah. Like about their experiences or like how lucky they got etc or guys who go in pairs and try to get one or two girls too drunk and take advantage of them yeah you know they know that they can do anything and the foreigners you can't it's hard to report things like that in korea even really can't try to take it to court and i know this from you know friends experiences Mm -hmm. even if you try to take it to court It is very hard to prove things like that. And at the end of the day, consent is something that is perceived a lot differently in Korea than it is in the U.S. And I think that's 
that's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, if you go home with a Korean guy, like even if you're just going there to like eat together or, you know, just casually, that is essentially considered consent by Korean standards yeah. for him to sleep with you. And like, if you don't sleep with him, like typically they will get quite angry. Like yeah. they get very angry about it. And that's yeah. not to say all... But, you know, I am talking about guys in Hongdae specifically because they have these predispositions that foreigners are open-minded and, you know, whatever, like, easy to sleep mm-hmm. with, etc. And they think, especially if they meet you at a club, that you're there because you also are looking. Because in clubbing back in America, I think everyone kind of goes clubbing occasionally, blah, blah, blah. In Korea, it's like hunting. Like, if you go to clubs, it usually means that you were there because you were looking for someone to go home with. Like, that's the reputation here. It's and not it's, innocent. And it's crazy. I mean, like, as a gay person, that's not too shocking to me because, like, gay yeah. clubs in America are the same way. Mm-hmm. But, like, it honestly, I think, I'm not going to speak too much on this, but I'm not a big fan of the gay community in the U.S. as mm. it stands now. Yeah. And I think that's why I have a lot of contention with the clubs here because, honestly, the way that straight clubs work here honestly feels you know, not too different from the way that gay clubs work in America. Yeah. Of course, like, you know, we're not sucking dick on the dance floor, you know. <laughs> we're not we're not doing that like they do in the gay clubs in America, but like the going there to find someone to go back home with, like that concept, like and then like I don't know, maybe like I'm too conservative or like that's something that's just normal, like in clubs, but I was very shocked to find that out. Everyone here is just looking for someone to fuck. <laughs> I mean, people can do whatever they want, obviously, but you might think that you enjoy hooking up or you just want to have fun, blah, blah, blah. And like, but that's all just temporary fun because it's going to get to the point where you're going to be thinking like, wow, like at the end of the night, like I don't have anyone to like say goodnight to. Like no one cares about me. Like, yeah, I can go get a guy to sleep with me, but he doesn't care about me. And I feel like at some point, like you can do it as much as you want go have fun. But at some point it's going to hit you where you're just going to really feel alone. And I've seen this happen so many times. I feel like most of the trauma that a lot of people develop, not saying me or friends or anyone specifically, you know, but a lot of the like trauma that you have when you get a little bit older, you realize it was from having these phases where you were partying all the time, meeting a lot of different people. Like a lot of trauma can come out of those situations and you don't realize it until you look back on it. Because in the moment you're just having fun. You're thinking like, oh, I'm young. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. But yeah, 100%. And, like, you know, going back to my friend who is now married with a Korean guy, she, I mentioned she used to live in Hongdae, and she she was definitely in a hoe phase, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not slut-shaming at all. You know, whatever. <laughs> nah. I, I love her. She's a bestie of mine. She said, like, now that she's taking this relationship with the Korean guy very seriously, you know, keep in mind that I think they met in Hongdae or Hongdae adjacent. Yeah. So he has an idea of her past and she said like it eats her alive like she regrets it so much and like if she could do anything to take it back she would yeah because when you're with someone whether you're a woman or a man like there is something special that you want to give them you know like he doesn't give her shit for her past in Hongdae but like she feels guilty for it because it's like that's just not something you want to represent to a partner yeah you know, exactly. like a lifelong partner. No, I, I, I understand that, too. Because I, when I was younger, I, like, definitely thought, like, everyone should have a hoe face, blah, blah, blah. And, like, sometimes I guess I do think that. But at the same time, I feel like the opposite end of the spectrum. 
also like if you're just hooking up with people when you're drunk first of all like it's never even gonna be good when you're having drunk sex with just a random person it's gonna suck i promise you like you're not gonna get anything out of that like it's not even worth it well (laughs) speak for yourself (laughs) i don't know um well, I don't depends. know. I guess it's also different as a gay person, I guess. Like, yeah. I mean, I think specifically for gay people, the dating scene and hookup scene is very different than straight people, like, culturally. Yeah. And, like, somehow, in, like, I don't know. It's so interesting how, you know, South Korea and America are so far apart, but somehow the gay community culture has kind of swayed in the same direction. Yeah. I think it kind of speaks to a more biological sense that men are just, you know, horny and <laughs> yeah. wanting to, you know, fuck everything. But um, for me here, like, I don't see dating as an option sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. for, for a lot of gay people around the world, it seems like sex is our only way to really form connections with people or, you know, get that sense of um, belonging, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Um, sense of uh it's a way to feel close to someone it's like your way to i don't know yeah like i don't know like that's our way of connecting with each other and then Mm -hmm. we don't talk to each other again like i don't know yeah um because relationships aren't very common especially here in korea among gay people because it's just not socially acceptable but then at the same time it's socially acceptable in america and like everyone's hooking up in the gay community there like nearly everyone yeah, I have some gay friends in America too, and I, but I, I think like at least from what I've like gathered, like having gay friends, whatever. I think like it's maybe easier for like gay guys to hook up with each other because it comes back down to like women are more emotional, like where our brains are different. If we hook up with someone, like our brains release what is it like uh, oxytocin or whatever the fuck, and so we can't have sex without like feeling emotionally connected. But for men, gay or straight. Mm-hmm they can have sex and they can just see it as a physical thing and they aren't going to feel necessarily so emotionally attached to them. Yeah. And for a girl, it's like if you, most guys, if it's a guy who doesn't care about you, he's not going to be like catering to your needs. If you know what I mean, like they're just going to be like, okay, doing this for me, then bye. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, and Emily is also gay. I mean, Mm -hmm. people, people who listen to the pod, they know that. Um, Yeah. I wish I was a fucking lesbian sometimes, like, honest to God. (laughs) But honestly, like, if you look at the difference between the gay community and the lesbian community, like, which one is more committed to being in a relationship? Yeah, I feel like I always see lesbians go from, they, like, are, I feel like a lot of the lesbians I know are always in relationships and, like, long-term relationships. And, like, being attracted to straight men is a curse. It is a curse. <laughs> same, same girl. It. I'm right there with you. It's horrible. <laughs> Relatable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of being attracted to straight men, did you hear Troy Savon's new song? No. Is he attracted to a girls? straight man in the new song? Oh, wait. Is it, I, I haven't heard it, but um, does it mean that he's like hooking up with someone who's straight? It's the, what, it's the one that Ross Lynch was in the music video of. Oh, I haven't seen. I'm gonna have to watch it after and, this. And I Troy is in drag. I am making you watch it as soon. Yeah, as we're I, I do love this. Troy Savon. I do love but Troy Savon. Basically, I'll have to check it out. the video and the song is about like a very integral part of being a gay man, honestly, and mm-hmm. falling for straight men. And the idea is like, you know, give me a call if you're desperate, if you're lonely. I'll be like one of your girls or your homies, oh, like. That's so it's, sad. It's a bop. Oh no, it's a bop. But oh, the lyrics bop. Okay, are okay. kind of sad. Like, yeah. I was listening to it, and I was like, damn. 
Oh, I, so, yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like that's gonna be hard because I, I can't really fully relate. Although one time I was like in love with a guy who I found out was gay because I used to have terrible gaydar. Oh. And I was like, he's so like emotionally in tune and like we have so much in common. Yeah, like no shit, Justin. You're like, we gay. wear the same high heels. Like, what do you mean? We can share shoes. <laughs> we both can like do each other's makeup and go shopping. Like, he's perfect for me. <laughs> You're like, that's the kind of man I need. Oh my God. Literally. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what point I was making. Just, yeah, the gay community is very different than the straight community. Yeah. Period. And Hongdae sucks. Yeah. I feel like the gay community here is kind of like, I don't know. It's not as like, it's not as open because, um, when I first moved here, one of my best friends was a gay guy. He's moved back home since, but, um, I don't want to say what I live. I don't live in Seoul, but I live in another big city. And we once like, we're trying to find gay bars to go to because I was just going to go with him. And we found like all the ones that were like gay bars were so like hidden. And we found this bar and it was like down in the basement of this building. It didn't even look like a bar. I was like, where are we going? It was like speakeasy vibes almost. Oh, but when we went in there and it was like, first of all, I was the only girl. So I, I don't, I'm actually surprised that they let me in. Cause I was like, I don't know if this is exclusive for only gay guys, but it was so fun though. Oh my God. I made so many friends. They, it was like a karaoke bar. Like, everyone would just get up and sing karaoke to the whole room. It was so fun. Aww. Oh, my God. I would love to go back. Because everyone was comfortable there, I think. Because they could, like, be, you know, open about it. Everyone was there for the same reason. So I mean, yeah. The gay bars here are kind of similar. But it's kind of more of a feeling of, like, gays sitting at their own table. Like, their group tables. And just kind of looking at each other from across the room. And, like, you know, the kind of, not stink eye, but, like, well, sometimes stink eye, if we're being honest. But, <laughs> yeah. um, like, it's checking maybe, each other out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also, if we're being completely honest, a lot of gay Koreans are not into foreigners. Like, they're not into that at all. Like, I would say a good yeah. 85% of gay Koreans have no interest in dating a foreigner. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've had to get used to. Yeah. But, um, you know, so you'll that's find why your man. One day you'll I find mean, someone. he doesn't need to be Korean. I just need someone who takes care of me. Yeah, you'll find him. He's out there for sure. You deserve the best. Don't worry. I mean, if I deserve the best, then I'm just going to stick with myself. Yeah, me too. My type is my, <laughs> my ideal type is me. <laughs> we love narcissism. <laughs> exactly. Main character syndrome. Move to Korea. Haha. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah literally and okay full circle on that note we're better than everyone we are the main character and everyone else is extras exactly <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed the second installment we hope it was juicy Mhm. Mm i think it was quite juicy i feel like this was a really interesting one i feel like it was like a medium rare steak with a little bit of yeah. sauce it was a very, yeah, very juicy, <laughs> juicy mm. steak. I'm into it. <laughs> Give me some of those hot buns with the cinnamon butter. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Oh, that's the, so the unlimited buns. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I'll do anything. Or not buns, bread rolls. I'm such a yeah. idiot. <laughs> Wait, like the, like what? Like the American ones? Like, yeah. Like Texas Roadhouse. Like the Texas Roadhouse. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I wish. I, there's a Texas Roadhouse on the military base here. I want to go so I think bad. Korea has Texas Roadhouse, period. No, I'm thinking Outback Steakhouse. On that note, we hope that you go get a nice steak and some nice buttered rolls. And yes. we bid you adieu. Yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed listening to us gossip and talk on tangents. Yeah, this was fun. I feel like we should do this again sometime. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see you in the next one. Yes, we'll see you guys then. Bye, Bye Pookie. Pookie. <laughs>